Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball, so expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our NBA Finals standouts. So we learned after Game 3, the Los Angeles Lakers lead the series 2-1 to one with the Miami Heat getting a victory last night in Game 3. So, Jalen, what are your initial reactions? So, bro, the first thing is I'm just glad that they made this entire series a lot more interesting. Um, me and you both agreed on the podcast. We had a We Agree podcast moment where we both said, I think that the Miami Heat can get this thing done in seven. And then Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic both went down due to injury and missed not only game two, but also missed game three the other night. So it kind of started looking extremely lopsided. If you watch television enough and look at the sports channels that come on with guys like Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, Shannon Sharp. Uh, I mean, just go across the landscape, even with guys like Nick Wright, who pretty much felt as though the series was hook, line, and sinker over. And the debates started to sort of surround the idea of who deserves finals MVP is it, is it LeBron James or Anthony Davis? And it started to make things extremely uninteresting to the point that you almost kind of felt bad for Miami because the way that this season would end, not just for them, but for the NBA, is really just kind of unfortunate considering all the great moments that we saw. We got to see the Trailblazers fight their way into the playoffs despite the great bubble season that the Phoenix Suns had. We got to see the battle of uh, of Jamal Murray and I'm pretty much the Denver Nuggets team as a whole multiple times against the Utah Jazz when they faced Donovan Mitchell and then move on to the Clippers where it was probably one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen. And then, of course, their time against the Lakers was short, but it was the storyline itself that kind of led into things. And then on the opposite side, Miami Heat, who pretty much came into these playoffs as probably the fourth best team discussed and then go ahead and knock off two of the bigger juggernauts in Boston and Milwaukee to go out like that, to go out in sweet fashion. It almost just didn't seem Miami heat like, so it almost felt like last night needed to happen because not just for the league, but for the team itself, based on the type of identity that they forged and showed us over the course of this postseason. So I was just glad to see them notch things up. And granted, it's only one win the season. Or the, the series is not tied yet or anything. But now the pressure shifts back in the direction of the Lakers, who have to now regroup and try to fend the heat off from tying this thing up at 2-2. Uh, two to two. So, yeah, wh- where do you stand on game uh, game three moving into game four? I have to really give props to a guy like Kelly Olenek, a guy like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, basically the supporting cast for Jimmy Butler. Because we could talk all day about how Jimmy Butler's triple-double was amazing considering the fact that he outscored, out-assisted, and out-rebounded LeBron James. I feel like it would not have been a team victory without guys like Jay Crowder who put up 12-8 and eight. Duncan Robinson, who put up 13 and 5. Tyler Hero, who put up 17 points. And I know Robinson and Hero had bad shooting nights at game three. 
but still they were able to contribute together with 30 points. And then Kelly Olenek, who has now put up back-to-back 15-point performances, in game three he put up 17 points and seven rebounds. I feel like for the Heat, it's really going to have to be a team effort. You don't have Bam Adebayo. You don't have Goran Dragic. You're really going to have to rely on other guys. If Kelly Olenek puts up another surprising performance, like the one he put up last night, I think he's going to end up being a problem in this series for the Los Angeles Lakers. And now looking to the other side, though, with the Lakers, LeBron and Anthony Davis put up a combined 40 points. The rest of their starting lineup was Dwight Howard, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Danny Green, who combined all put up 11 points. That's not going to cut it for the finals. At least on their bench, they had Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma, who together put up 19 points. But they really need some help. And I think, I think what Jimmy Butler said last night may sound even more true today. He said they're in trouble. And I believe the Lakers are in trouble. I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, obviously, the first thing you look at, like you said, for the Lakers, the bright spot is, yeah, Kuzma and Morris both had 19 points each coming off the bench, which is huge for them considering that they did not get a lot of production from the rest of their team, Danny Green. But, like, you know, the way that this whole thing with the Lakers worked in game three, I think it really comes down to three primary factors. Here, The first one, the first one is easy dominated in points in the paint 52 to 34 was how was the was the ratio in which the Miami Heat outscored the Lakers just in the paint the second thing alone is 19 turnovers Ryan I had to look this up earlier today in game two of the finals the Heat and the Lakers both only had nine turnovers apiece for a combined 18 turnovers in the game for game two. In game three, the Lakers topped that total by themselves with 19 turnovers in the game, with a lot of them coming in the first half. That's not going to cut it. And then obviously, I think the third thing comes down to how you addressed Anthony Davis. I know we threw it under the rug by saying he and LeBron James combined for 40 points, but Ryan, we got to call a spade a spade. He had 15 points and five rebounds. He did have five blocks, but 15 points in the game because he was facing foul trouble. Entering the third quarter, entering or around the midway point of the third quarter, he was playing with four fouls. And this dude was on the verge of fouling out practically the entire night, especially with how aggressive Jimmy Butler was playing in terms of attacking the lane. That I think trickle-down effect affected the rest of the team. What do I mean by that? Ryan, the Lakers, we know they are not a three-point shooting team. Danny Green has been struggling all year. KCP has been struggling all year. Rajon Rondo is not a guy that we expect to shoot a high percentage from three. Alex Caruso is starting to slowly get played out of the rotation in terms of his ability to play on both sides of the floor. And guess what they went along and did? shot 14 of 42 from beyond the arc. The lack of aggressiveness from Anthony Davis due to just trying to avoid further foul trouble or even fouling out trickled down throughout the entire team where the rest of the team seemed to like literally settle for jumpers. And it led to them shooting 42 threes. Look, look, look. I don't know very much about the Lakers offense from an intricacy, intricacy standpoint, 
but I dang sure know that they are not the Houston Rockets when it comes to shooting threes. So 42 three-point attempts in a game is not something that you want to see from a Lakers team that has LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Markeith Morris, Chevelle McGee, McGee to a lesser degree. These are guys, they have a ton of big man rotation that they can use where they shouldn't be getting dominated in the paint, which they were, and they shouldn't be taking nearly as many threes, which they did and shot 33% for the night, which is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Not that the Heat did very much better, 35%. But guess what? When you got a guy in Jimmy Butler dropping 40, it doesn't really matter how it happens because he did it without shooting a single three-point shot. So putting that all in perspective, those are kind of my three big things when it comes to that game. AD not really being an offensive factor. The turnovers, with which Frank Vogel after the game ended up highlighting that it pretty much took them out of their offense. And you could see it. They looked discombobulated, especially in the first half. Balls flying out, flying out into the stands. Guys dodging the ball because it was coming unexpectedly. I think just in the second half alone, LeBron James had two or three travel calls. I didn't even know they called those in the NBA anymore, to be honest with you. So... It's just one of those things where I think the Heat took this game a lot more seriously than the Lakers did, and the Lakers got bit for it, plain and simple. Am I going to have to say that we have to include J.R. Smith in this offense more if we're going to have to shoot three-pointers? If I'm a Lakers fan, I really have to turn to a guy like J.R. Smith if you're going to really start trying to hit three-point shots. Because even though JR only played five minutes in that game last night, he scored three points. And I feel like, you know, looking at the rest of the Lakers roster that played last night, Contavious Caldwell Pope had five points in 29 minutes. Danny Green went 0 of 6 from the field and in 17 minutes only put, two, put up two points. Rajon Rondo, four points in 28 minutes. Alex Caruso, eight points in 26 minutes. I mean, other than Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma, who else on this bench is actually contributing? Now, I mean, I get J.R. Smith only played five minutes in this game, but you have to get him more involved. There's a reason why you signed him. And he's been a decent three-point shooter throughout his entire career. So you have to find a way to get him involved in this offense. And I think for the Miami Heat, you can't really let them off the hook in terms of three-point shots. Joe and I talked before the episode today, and he had mentioned an interesting stat to me. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero combined for 10 of 30 from beyond the arc. The Heat went 12 of 34 from beyond the arc as a team. So Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero shot the ball 30 times from beyond the arc, and they only made 10. So I feel like the Heat really have to improve their three-point shooting. Going off to game four, what are you expecting from both teams going into game four? I think the biggest thing, first of all, obviously, is the question of Bam Adebayo's health for the Heat. Um, Obviously, okay, we saw that Jimmy Butler could carry the team on his back for a night in terms of having a a historic performance. Um, First triple-double of his career, first player, second player um, in Miami history to score 30 points through three quarters, first time since Dwayne Wade did it in 2006 in terms of the finals. 
but you can't expect historical performances on a nightly basis. I know that the bubble has kind of made us accustomed to the Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray type types of battles and things of that nature where we expect to kind of see history in the making on a nightly basis. But this Heat team still is in dire need of production from guys beyond just Jimmy Butler. Goran Dragic was a huge hit in terms of not being able to have him in games two or three. I honestly do not believe that they're going to have him for the rest of the series. It just doesn't seem like the type of injury uh, plantar fascia just doesn't seem like the type of thing that he'll be able to get on the court for. Bam Adebayo was more of like held out in terms of the game time decision. I don't think it was necessarily that he could not play. I think it was Spolster's decision to not risk him further injuring himself and instead trying to give him a couple more days rest. And now it actually buys them even more time by them picking up the picking up the win last night. I think Bam Adebayo coming back is huge. Granted, you know, we saw what it was that Kelly Olenek did for them, but I think he can still be a rotational piece. But asking him to pick up the slack from where Bam left off on a night-to-night basis to win the finals sounds absolutely crazy and ridiculous to put that kind of expectation on Kelly. The other thing is that Kelly might be able to do that to a lesser degree on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, it isn't even close. He's a solid, you know, guy away from the basket. He's a good guy. He's a good rotational piece in terms of being able to play defense on the perimeter, you know, be intricately involved in pick and roll actions and different things like that, where he can play against the guards and kind of hold his own defensively, but in front of the rim. uh, Yeah. There ain't nobody like Bam Adebayo. I'm sorry. In terms of being able to guard the basket. So that's a big hit to them. So I think the biggest thing for the heat is just, can y'all please get this man Bam back in game four. And for the Lakers, Look, bro, I don't know how many times it's gonna, you're, we're going to be in a situation where Anthony Davis scores only 15 points. I think that was literally his second worst of this postseason. I think the last time he had a, a game that bad was game five, the closeout game against Houston, where he had like 13 points in the game. This is not the type of performance that we should like expect out of AD moving forward. No offense, but this isn't Paul George we're talking about. Like, I feel like AD is going to rise to the occasion. I think he just mainly was suffering from foul trouble. The big question with the Lakers is one thing that we do know is consistent is their three-point shooting is horrible and they are very bipolar when it comes to getting bench production, which comes to question, maybe AD has a better game, but do Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma have the kind of night that they just had? Rough. So there's a lot of questions on both sides in terms of where they're going to get their production from. I think with game four hanging in the balance, the winner of this moves the momentum significantly. For the Lakers, obviously winning game four puts them up 3-1. And I know the Nuggets have instilled belief in a lot of teams that think that that kind of deficit is something you could just casually overcome. But not every team is built to be able to do that. And then on the Heat side of things, to be able to notch things up at 2-2 going into game five, it gives them even more time to potentially get a guy like Bam back if he doesn't play in game four, which could be huge for their momentum moving forward. So I think both teams have a lot at stake in game four. I think game four is going to be important, basically for all the reasons that you've touched on, Jalen. For the Heat, I have to say you have to get Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to be more consistent from beyond the arc. 
I think having that type of a performance where they're shooting 10 of 30 combined from beyond the arc, I think is unacceptable. Even if you take into account the lack of playoff experience that they have right now, I, I think it's just no excuse considering how well both these individuals have played during the season. That's number one for the Heat. Number two, I feel like is either going to rely on Bam Adebayo coming back or the production of Kelly Olynyk in game four. If Bam Adebayo comes back, I wouldn't expect a lot of minutes for Kelly Olynyk in game four. But if Bam Adebayo is out for game four, I think Kelly Olynyk is going to have to continue to provide some of that production that Bam Adebayo would have provided if he had been playing in the game. For the Lakers, get everyone involved. And when I mean everyone, I mean the guys who you normally don't play at all. Because you'd be surprised how well they would do in the game. And I'm talking to J.R. Smith specifically. You need three-point shooting help. And I don't think Danny Green's giving that to you right now. KCP is surely not giving that to you right now. And can you really expect guys like Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma to put up 19 consistently? 19 in each game this series. I'm not expecting that at all. And my biggest concern is that the Lakers are going to just keep shooting threes and they're just going to end up bouncing off the side of the backboard, bouncing off the side of the rim, just not going into the basket. I think that this is going to be a do or die game for both teams, considering that it's game four and it can either go one of two ways. The Heat can tie the series at two, or the Lakers can go 3-1 and be one victory away from winning the championship. So this is going to be an interesting game uh, Wednesday or Tuesday night for game four. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess before we wrap things up with the question of the day, I think we kind of just, you know, feed to the fire. Ryan, who you got in game four? I'm going to say Miami. I think they're riding a hot streak right now. Jimmy Butler just put up a triple-double. I think Miami's really going to have to ride this momentum from game three into game four. What do you think? I agree, man. I think that Miami notches this thing up. I don't think that Tyler Hero and Duncan will shoot nearly as bad. I don't know necessarily. I have to double-check that stat in terms of shooting from three, but I know that they both shot horribly. I know it was definitely 10 for ten for 30 combined from the floor, but the, the three-point volume was significant in those attempts. And that's that's huge. But I don't think that's the kind of output that they're going to have on a on a nightly basis. And we've seen Tyler Hero drop 37. We've seen Duncan Robinson go seven for seven from three. So as much as they have those type of nights like the other day where they can struggle, there's also situations where they can go off from behind the three point arc. And I think that's kind of one of those things that after seeing Jimmy carry them, you kind of expect them to step up to the plate and return the favor. So I see them notching things up two to two as well. So that's a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. Who has more pressure to win game four tomorrow night, the Lakers or the Miami heat? This has been a great episode today on the hoop talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars. And of course, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.